When someone says you should use a product or service, you're skeptical, and you should be. Which is why Myers Auto won't ask you to trust them for your vehicle repair and maintenance. However, they will ask you to trust their customers. I first met Dwayne 10 years ago looking for a shop to do transmission work on my antique Jeep. I have quite a few Jeeps ranging in age from 1946 to brand new. Truly, for all my automotive needs, I trust Myers Auto. Find out for yourself. Myers Auto, just north of L on 140th Street. Meet Bob. Hey, Bob. He's a four-time tire rotation champion. When he was a baby, his first words were automatic transmission fluid. Bob's so cool, he has engine coolant running through his veins. And then there's Kyle, also known as premium unleaded. Legend has it that Kyle can change your oil with his toes and that he can tell your tire's air pressure just by how you're walking. He's Bob, he's Kyle, and every Saturday morning, they morph together to form the greatest superhero known to man, Mr. Mechanic. Check engine lights don't stand a chance. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show on 1110 KFAB. Good Saturday morning to you. This is the Mr. Mechanic Show. 558-1110 is the numbers to get in. Get in early so we can answer that call. Uh, we are Buchanan Service Centers, 50th and Dodge, 80th and Dodge, and Guaranteed Brakes, 49th Avenue and Dodge, where we fix brakes right the first time. So stop on in and see us. We're on Dodge. So there you go. I'm Bob. Next to me is Kyle, as always. I was gone last week. Kyle held down the fort, did a great job. We're looking for those, uh, you know, classic car time, Kyle. Yeah. It was, as we already know. Memorial it, Day, there's got to be some big shows going I, on I, yeah yeah and some i don't more. have my book with me i'm sorry to say i seen and uh i was looking out the bay door and i seen something backfiring and coming down the hill and it it was a pretty normal well <laughs> yeah it is for an old car you're right it is back for no it was one of those old uh look i didn't get a good look at it but it was uh I, it was a four-wheeled army vehicle that had a turret on it and uh some guy was sticking out of it and driving i think it was a, a, like a German vehicle or something. I don't know what it was. Looks like it definitely was World War II. That's exciting. Yeah. Well, he went past me. Pretty good clip. It didn't stall. I was happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I you don't, don't want him to die right in front of you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> now, what do I do? I don't know. He was driving, he has goggles on. He was, he was heading down the road. I guess he's heading downtown because I'm sure there's a Memorial Day parade going on somewhere. Somewhere. Somewhere, somehow. So, thank you to all the veterans out there, listeners to the show. Appreciate your service. Uh, you know, it's 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 a good time to get that convertible out, run it around, go drive it. Yeah. it's uh, Remember your sunscreen. Yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's, uh, you know, I, I learned that early when we took a trip somewhere and had the top down. And I think we took about an hour trip on a really nice day and it was a little cloudy. So it always feels great. But the wind, and by the time you get there, your your legs are absolutely sunburned. Your yeah. shoulders are sunburned. You had sunburned. Like Your hair still hasn't grown back. I, it still hasn't grown back. <laughs> <laughs> well, that makes a uh, – and then when you're sunburnt and you get to where you're going, you, uh, it just makes for a miserable hot. Yeah, sticky. especially if you're going to the lake and you just get more sun. And Yeah, yeah, it makes for – yeah, you're right. Now we got bugs involved in this. You don't think about it. You just don't have a lot of convertibles that are built nowadays. No, it's kind of a dying art. I it, mean, it is. I can't – I mean, other than supercars or, you know, the Corvette – Camaro, I yep. mean, nobody's really putting anything out. Nope. Some of your upscale cars will still do that. And uh, there's, you know, custom cars that, that have those, um, 
you know, chop the top and make a convertible top. And, and yeah. that, that happens a lot in Florida. There's places that will do that. Um, a lot of the convertible, they're just not selling those cars. No. So why have them? They're specialties like Mercedes has it and some other people have it. But uh, the convertible hard tops are really nice, but they're, boy, they're complicated, man. Well, I mean, anything with a convertible, I mean, kind of puts you in a different class of, well, getting it worked on. Things mm-hmm. breaking, I mean, because you got this whole apparatus that has to fold down. I mean, mm-hmm. There's plenty of room for problems, and I've seen them. <laughs> yes, there's plenty and, of room for problem. And, you know, like I said, back in the convertible hardtop days where they had the Lincolns that had the entire four-door sedan roof fold into the trunk. Yeah, it was a Fairlane, yeah. Yeah, uh, Continental had it too. Mm-hmm. And uh, we worked on the, the, the Myriad. That is a giant trunk, by the way. It is. And the only space you have to store anything with a top down is like this little grain bucket that they weld to the floor. <laughs> about it. it it's, it's about a six-body trunk. Yeah. You could fix six bodies in there. You surely could. Big people, too. Big people, yes. Like today's people. <laughs> the myriad of switches and micro switches that go on and the gallon of fluid that goes through all the lines. Yeah, it was uh, – I think that's kind of why they quit. And, and not many manufacturers, and maybe they don't know, not many manufacturers do so much of that anymore. Yeah. That gets farmed out to a convertible – Coachworks. Coachworks, a convertible top person that says – Here's the car we want. We want to make it a convertible, blah, 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 blah. And they that do- becomes very apparent when you have to like replace something. Like it was like a LeBaron convertible I was working on years ago, and I had to replace the sun visor. Well, you have to take the trim piece down, the header trim piece on the windshield mm-hmm. down to get to the sun visor. Well, they didn't finish any of the work, they just sawzall chopped it and put their little. <laughs> thing on there and that way the top could lock and that was it i was like well this is primitive it's amazing what the what the trim will cover doesn't it yeah the fit and finish is they just all covered it all up and here you go it's just like building the house the last guy yeah. that covers up all the messes of finished carpenter yeah or the siding guy or the siding guy you yeah know, the siding guy years down the road when the wood siding falling off. yeah he can make everything look great where it was it was uh, looked horrible about a, a day before yeah You're my right. house is proof of that <laughs> so here's some good news great news in fact um uh, for everybody out there that's listening to us ford has decided and there's we've talked about this many not many but a few manufacturers that are going to electric cars uh, the AM signals interfere with those electric cars. Mm-hmm. Well, can't have that. Can't have that. That's where I was going. So they are going to, in the, in the 2024 Ford and Lincoln models, are going to restore that on two of the electric vehicles. <laughs> um, before that, you could kind of go through an app, but now they're kind of realizing that it's, it's, you know, it's the AM broadcast radio is part of the emergency alert system. Oh, sure. It's important. So, you know, it is. Uh, the first thing that you do when your tornado's coming down or you got an emergency is you flip on KFAB or radio stations like it. You don't flip on your FM radio because... Yeah, you don't uh, put it on Z92. No, because <laughs> nobody's there and uh, somebody has to run in to do it. But, you know, you get your news from KFAB like everybody else does when something bad is happening and when something's good happening, too. So, anyway, they're going to bring that back. And um, that's good. That's you know, good. that brings up another, because t- I mean, remember years and years ago with the Corvette, they had that metal housing that went around the distributor yeah. to cut down on AM buzz yep. and everything. Yep. Why can't we integrate something like that? You would think. Kevlar wrap it or something? If we're making cars out, you know, go 
400 miles on an electric battery, we should be able to put a suppressor in there the size of a coffee can somewhere, don't you think, and get... Well, yeah. <laughs> it adds a little bit of weight, but I you I mean, wrap it in tinfoil, something. Right. All these cars are way heavier than what they used to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, when you go By back far. to a 72, what, Roadrunner, or Charger, let's go Charger, 72 Charger, and, and stack that up to a 2000 and... 22 charger the 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 22 is way heavier oh yeah way a lot by a lot all and you know in looking at it and taking apart you wouldn't think that because there's a lot of plastic there's a lot of plastic but in order to make it rigid you have to beef that plastic up yeah now all of a sudden you have to add that plastic where the metal was only just really thin you know maybe an eighth inch thin now this plastic has to be quarter inch or or, yeah or or, (laughs) better or two inches thick because that's the only way you're going to get to the rigidity out of it to make it work right. So. And I mean, I had a dash out of a Jeep today, and it took two of us to move that thing, just the skeleton of the dash. Yeah. Because it's aluminum yeah. covered in plastic, covered in vinyl. Yeah. With a giant wire harness the size of my arm. <laughs> and they're making those a little bit easier, even though it's heavier, making it a little bit easier to get those out. But yeah, doing those dashes, doing those evaporators, it's uh, air conditioning season, and uh, we're already deep into you know the fifth or sixth one that we're doing because the evaporators go bad in the dash, and the heater box is the first thing that goes into your car and goes up against the firewall, and then all the pretty stuff goes on top of that. Mm-hmm. Well, all the pretty stuff's got to come out. Yeah, So every bit of it. Yeah, it, just, it looks like a bomb went off inside the car once you... Uh, pull it out and finally get everything out. It's amazing how much room there is in a car without the dash and the heater box in it. Oh, yeah, I had that thing out. I was sitting there's in the like, seat. I couldn't touch the firewall with no, my legs. There's two and, two and a half, three feet in there almost. Yeah. So you need to trim down these dashes, you know, make some more room. I mean. Yeah, yeah, or lengthen, you know. Go I, back to those swivel seats that all the vans had. I mean. Yeah, you know, I, I really like those 70s seats that had the six-way adjustable. You could kind of grab the handle and you could kind of rotate them out oh yeah you know the the women loved them because you can have your skirt on you could just kind of rotate your legs out stand out of the vehicle instead of getting in and out all the time Mm -hmm. it'd be great i don't see why we don't go back to that didn't lincoln have that in one time in the 50s yeah some kind of a rotating seat to get out they they had a lot of steering wheel kind of folded up yep steering wheel moved to one side so you get in and out uh chevrolet chevrolet had it in the monte carlo um Thunderbird, we all know that one. Yeah, yeah, Thunderbird had that. I mean, one does it, and then they all kind of follow. We need to get back to that. We need to class up these cars. <laughs> You're right. Before well, here, we worry about an electric platform, let's here's put the a class g- back in them. Yeah, and here's a great idea that I hope uh, everybody follows. This is this idea. So first of all, the idea is um, Chrysler is going to come out, uh, Stellanus, which is uh, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram vehicles, are now, are now going to have a, an alert um, on the radio. And this comes from a Stellanus employee that uh, was hearing impaired. Okay. And she almost had a crash, almost got ran into and by a emergency vehicle, a fire truck. Sure. So what they're going to do, this is coming up on some of the vehicles. I don't know if it's in there yet, but it's something that you can probably ask for, maybe get a over-the-air download, is that when there's an emergency vehicle coming up on you or around you or something like that, it'll shut the radio down and it'll display on your dash emergency vehicle so that it's, it knows in your it's in your area and you can Not stop. Not a bad feature. No, it'd be a great feature. I mean, how many times have you 
listen to your radio and you're kind of into the song and next thing you kind of hear something but you don't know if it's in the song or if it's in the radio or outside so yeah well we work on dodge street and we've heard our fair share of radios going by yes yeah so especially now that summertime's coming yeah so it'd be a great idea for and hopefully that that kind of inner integrates across the the industry and, and kind of puts that in there because everybody can now everybody's got a display mm-hmm. if your radio quits first thing you're going to do is look and see why and then immediately you'll know that somebody's in the area and they can get through quicker because there is no worse or sinking feeling that you've got fire truck behind you and you can't move because it's blocked in yeah you want to just get out of the way everybody does so speaking of everybody where's the callers at where are you guys at yeah. this morning come on you're not you're out by the campfire or yeah. cooking breakfast. What's going Bob on? Bob and I made it in. Yeah, we made it in, barely, but we got <laughs> here. All right, 558 is the numbers to get in. We'll be back in a minute. Can't get a ride, can't drive to school. Oh, folks say, man, you ain't cool. Down the street, I'm the car next door. I'm the fix you've been waiting for. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Mom. I'm your ch 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 Chevy Corsica. Hello, world. I'm your wild girl. I'm your ch 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 Chevy Corsica. Chevy Corsica. My interior is practical. When it comes to safety, man, I wrote the rules. I may not be sexy and I'm no fun. But hello, Daddy. Hello, Mom. I'm your ch 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 Chevy Corsica. Hello, world. I'm your wild car. I'm your ch 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 Chevy Corsica. Mr. Mechanic Show is brought to you by Buchanan Service Center. Call to schedule your appointment today at 402-393-2722. Listen to News Radio 1110 KFAB anywhere, anytime on your free iHeartRadio app. All your music, radio, and podcasts. Okay, we are back on the Mr. Mechanic Show. Five, five, eight, eleven, tens. The numbers to get in, uh, get in early, so we can uh, answer, get to your call. We're going to head over to uh, Keith. Keith, it's got a seat question. Yeah, yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, you was talking a little while ago about the Keith. You there? Uh oh. Uh oh. That was an operator error there, and I apologize, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Keith, call back. Keith, call back. We had a problem. Technical error. We'll, we'll head over to Bill. Bill's got a motorcycle question. Bill, what's going on? Um, I got a motorcycle that has a mind of its own. Um, uh, long story short, this thing just showed up in my driveway through, you know, issues sure and um it's a 1980 harley davidson okay and it starts when it's when it wants um uh the previous owner uh didn't like the the um, uh, electronic ignition from you know years ago sure and he put in a set of points uh he tells me from um uh, mid 60s Mid sixties inline Chevy, six cylinder. Okay, 
since then, <laughs> I played with it, and like I said, it started when it wants. And um, uh, I got a mid-90s, uh, I believe it's called a Makuni carburetor and manifold, mm-hmm. and put on there, and that really didn't help. So um, should I plant you know, throw it in the front yard and plant, uh, you know, flowers around it or take it to the, you know, scrap yard. Well, that'd be the easiest thing to do is plant flowers in it. Maybe put a, <laughs> put a dummy on it, put his hands on the motorcycle, the handles and stuff like that. You know, a lot of that stuff back then would kind of interchange. Um, you know, if you can find parts where the easiest way would be to probably put electronic ignition back on it. Um, but I guess it's, it really boils down to, uh, spark is one aspect of it and fuel is the other aspect of it so i guess you got to figure out what why it won't run as far as air fuel and spark so we got air right and uh, right and you know i've tried you know uh you know new points and whatnot and i believe i've got spark um you know you know i've you know i'm a man so i grabbed the uh, spark plug wire, and I got lit up a few times. <laughs> so we got good spark. So yeah, so you're right. down to you're we down gotta to fuel. We got to know if we're in time, though. Well, true. So if somebody changed points and all that stuff. There's adjustments that go along with that. Um, I'm kind of with Bob. Like, you know, you don't. We don't know what we got ourselves into with this. So, I mean, Chevy points and a Harley Davidson. I'm no motorcycle guy by any means, but if it's factory, I've got a manual for it. Yeah, and, and with a manual, we can figure anything out. And if it's a carburetor issue and you got good spark, you should be able to try to fire it up with maybe a little, run it off a little bit of carburetor cleaner, you know, kind of spraying that, and you know that it runs. And if, it, if you're spraying carburetor cleaner and the thing doesn't start or, you know, craps out and because after you're spraying some carburetor cleaner in there to get it running, you know you got more of a spark problem or an intermittent spark problem. Um. Yeah, I guess it all depends on how deep you want to get into it. It's going to be a tough project for somebody to want to take on and, unless they have had experience doing that. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I'd say keep working at it, or uh, you're right. The other two possibilities are uh, salvage art. Yep, salvage art or, you know, hang some decoration on it, put it yeah. in the front yard. Yeah, absolutely. Put some lights <laughs> on it. Make, make it an art piece. There you go. All righty. All right. I appreciate your time, fellas. You bet. Thanks, Bill. Right, appreciate bye. the call. All right. We're going to head uh, head over back into the calls. We'll go to John. John's got an 03 Silverado. John, what's going on today? Out on my Mustang with the passive anti-theft system issue. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Chevy Silverado reduced power mode, excluding a poor ground or a broken wire. Um, is there any benefit to buying a, a GM throttle body versus an aftermarket throttle body? Well, you'll know it'll work the first time you put it on. Yeah, for sure. And, and you won't have to worry about it. I, I mean, we put throttle bodies on that uh, diagnosed it, put an th- aftermarket on there, and uh, had the same problem. It kind of throws you into left field. Boy, the wheels start turning there. Yeah, and then you and then you go back and you say, okay, well, I know it's a throttle body, and you put another one on uh, GM-wise, and it fixes a problem. So it, it, that can drive you nuts. Um, oh, yeah. It doesn't happen all the time, but, you know. You get a good one here and there. Yeah, you do. The, the biggest thing that Don't those, buy the cheap one. No. Now, everybody kind of tries to head for the cheapest thing, cheapest auto part, and that's okay if you're 
you know, selling it, I suppose. But yeah, for the most part, if you want to last. Don't care about doing it five yeah, times. Yeah, I don't care about doing it again. Uh, those had the biggest problem with throttle bodies, and they had problems with the wiring. The, the, so they sell pigtail wirings that come off of the end of that throttle body that are probably about a foot long, and they'll have... Um, They're a lot heavier grade wire. Yeah, and they'll have broken wires in a curve. They, they get broken right at a curve that they come in. Um, uh-huh. So those are the two problematic things that that, that car has. So Right. Can you use aftermarket or can you use GM? Uh, you can use use either one. Just I don't. The GM is going to be the better one. And yeah, it's a little more expensive. It is. It is. It, I guess it depends on what a little more means. You know, if a little more is twenty to fifty bucks, put on the GM. If if little more means uh, two hundred dollars higher, then you know, try the aftermarket first. Right. Right. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate the oh, I call. appreciate the advice. Thanks, you bet. Guys. Appreciate the call. All right, we're going to head to – okay, we're going to head over to John. John's got an 09 Toyota Corolla. Got an oil question. John, what's going on? Yeah, I was just wondering if you fellas if, would know if there's some sort of a constant or what would you say a chronic problem with an 0918 Corolla. It's got an oil leak, and uh, – at first, I crawled under there, and it certainly looked like the oil filter was leaking. And it's an 0930 k so I put on a new can, you know, the plastic cap. Mm-hmm. Got a new one, new rubber O-ring. Cap said torque it to 20, I think 20 inch pounds, or was it 20, maybe something, 20. 25 newton meters. Millimeters. So that's what I did. And damn it, that thing's leaking again. And I and this was like only in a week. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if that's a, been a chronic problem, or if the the aluminum case that that cap screws into could be cracked, or if in fact uh, maybe the oil pressure sending unit is that should be right above that unit. I yeah. would look really close at that, yeah. and also that is right over by the timing chain cover. And those have a tendency to leak too, and they can make a mess because the belt's kind of moving it around. But yeah, so those plastic pieces yeah. will crack. I don't think I've ever really seen it. The housing crack, the aluminum housing. However, that's always a possibility. Not you that sh- wasn't self-inflicted. Yeah, I correct. Well, correct. I, now it, just to tell, and I'll tell you one thing. I did do. I looked very closely at the timing chain adjustment cap. And uh-huh. that appeared to be dry because I thought perhaps the gasket behind that timing chain tensioner how, could be leaking. How quickly does it come back? Does it almost immediately, or does it take you know hours or days or? Uh, a week. A week. Okay. Um, and I, when I put that new cap on, I I checked it pretty close, and I had a partner get in there and wrap the car up to about two k and. Is the Let power it run for a little bit to build pressure, and uh, mm-hmm. it seemed to be sealed. And I'd sprayed brake clean around it and had it pretty cleaned up. I thought I had it fixed, but and it's not I've either got from an the, additional problem or I got the same problem. From right. the power steering pump or anything running down on there? Um, no, it's engine oil. Okay. It's so, engine oil, and because you've got to add engine oil to it. Mm-hmm. So, And I'm sure it's engine oil. It's not ATF or Parser and fluid or anything like that. Those things can be kind of tough to get to, uh, not get to, but kind of diagnose if it happens in a week amount of time, uh, in a week stretch of time. 
Mm-hmm. So, so you could pour a little bit of uh, maybe oil dye in there and let it see if that helps kind of maybe stain it a little bit to the point where you can kind of ID where it's coming from. Um, the only other way, and th- this will happen to us too, where we've got to, you know, we just let it run and we will just periodically check it every hour until see where it's kind of starting to come out at. And you'd be surprised. Have you ever, have you fellas ever had any luck with putting dye in the engine and then sure. looking at it with a black light? Yep. Black light? Yep. Yep. We have that. We don't do it a lot, but, uh, cause we don't really need to do it a lot, but on those tough, don't know where it's at because it be could it leaks off of one spot onto another spot onto another spot which all three of them are possibilities. Yeah, that's kind of what you do, and then you kind of get uh, some glasses that you can kind of see that kind of wipe it off. Is, and you see where that, your stains. is that the same same light and same glasses you use looking for uh, like freon leaks or yep. that you used to use for freon leaks? Right, or? Ultra, it's an ultraviolet. It's ultraviolet. Okay. Yeah. So you guys, so I may have to try that. So gravity takes effect here. So if your if your leak stops or starts high and it's going to go over top of three other things, but it's just sometimes easier to to clean it off and see where the stain comes from. So well, is is this timing chain cover a common leak? Nah, really. Your biggest I've leak. I've done a few of them. A few of them, but your biggest leak by far is the oil filter housing, the plastic housing, and the O ring. It just doesn't seal sometimes, and that's. By far, usually, what is is causing the problem? But well, this this oh, this oil housing screwed on just perfectly, yeah, almost yeah. all the way before I had to tighten it. That's why we think you got so a I, different. That's why we think you got a different problem. But that's if you're asking what the common things are, that's a common thing, very common thing. Not the oil sensing because it's mm-hmm. kind of messy around there too. Not generally. I, clean it off really well, and then take it to a pre, a, a wand wash and clean it off real well. That maybe what's hiding something. Okay. Try I that. appreciate your help, man. Yep. Appreciate the call, John. 558 is the numbers to get in. We'll answer some more questions. We'll be back in a minute. All right. We are back on the Mitchell Mechanic Show. 558-1110. We've got a little bit of time left to get a few more callers into. We're going to get over to Paul. Paul's got a 66 Cadillac. Paul, these are great cars. Hey, how's it going, y'all? Great, great. I got a couple questions. Is there anything along the lines of a lead substitute to lubricate the valve seats that you put in the gas? Yeah. Yeah, there there used to be, and I think there still is. Yeah, you can buy it. Yeah, parts store. Just a little can of it. You pour it in with a full tank. Sure. Yeah. Would two-cycle work? Mm, Maybe not the way that they... Want it to? Yeah, not not. Yeah, I, I mean, think it would thin out a lot. More. Yeah, I mean, two cycle is good in 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 running in those tanks because you're lubricating everything that it touches. I mean, uh, the the fuel pump and everything else that goes through. We kind of recommend that every once on a while on just a regular vehicle. Um, but no, I, I think okay. I think you want the lead substitute has something different in it because you're you want a lubrication that's different for the valves and the seats. Um, I, I've not heard that two cycle will do that or try that, but it, I, I see where you're going. It kind of has the same lubrication properties or tendencies. Okay. I got another lubrication question. Uh I've had wheel bearing grease. It turns to liquid and sometimes it turns hard like cheese. What's a good wheel bearing grease for the old car? Well, if it's turning hard, it's 
definitely getting air in there. Mm-hmm. It's drying it out. Right. So check your seals good. Make sure you have a good seal because, I mean, that okay. could affect it. And that could also make it watery if water's getting in there, too. Right. Um, right. Or any kind well, of issue. Well, it's just issue. funny. Just from heat? You know, it yeah. runs out like yeah. 90 weight. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then I agree with Kyle that some of those seals – that they they just don't seal that great on the back of the rotor anymore, and and it can do that, and heat will do that. What what breaks down, you know? Your I bearings have, shouldn't be getting that hot though, so they shouldn't be. And look at your bearings, and do they sit good in the race? Did somebody bury them clear tight? Yep. I mean, agreed. So in general, if, general if, recommendation on a grease though. I just get the cheapest tub I can find at the parts store. I mean, there's not really. Yeah. In my eyes, there's not really any kind of different grease. We've not really had that much problem. Um, like, like Kyle was saying, if the, if the bearings get too tight, you'll create more heat, and that, that'll yeah. turn everything else to liquid. But I don't know. We've been packing bearings for so long that, that uh, we don't really have an issue unless they're backing it into water or something along that line, and then, then it kind of gets watery and runny. Uh, other than that, right. you, know, you, you could buy the if, – if it starts to – you know the cheapest stuff isn't working for you you know buy something that's a little better um i I don't i don't have a specific brand just because i we don't do it that often we still do boat trailers and some other things but we generally buy the big tub and the tub has always worked great for us all right that sounds like good advice to me yeah Yeah, appreciate appreciate the call paul i appreciate it thanks a lot you bet all right, we're going to head over to John. John's got a 15 Equinox. John, what's the problem today? Uh, well, I've got a, a, a check engine light on, and they tell me that I need a new catalytic converter. Okay. And I've heard some conversation about being able to flush those. Can you give me some advice? Never done it. Don't recommend it. Um, um, agreed. Uh, some of that flushing is coming from the, you can, like a diesel particulate and you can take the diesel ones, what catalytic converters off and, and flush through those and get all that black soot stuff out of there. And that's kind of where that's coming from. Um, cause I, I've heard several people mention, I've even watched it. Um, it has never been successful. Uh, you've just basically got a honeycomb in there and that honeycomb is, is got certain, precious metals and once those precious metals uh, break down because of all the fuel and hydrocarbons going through it it just becomes uh, less efficient and once it's less efficient you're not gonna it's not gonna work like it should and the the light comes on doesn't necessarily mean that so that Cadillac converter works in parameters so it it has to be operate within certain parameters if it goes outside that that that's what kicks the check engine light on is it necessarily bad? Well, not bad in the sense that it's plugged up um, and you don't have any power and you can't drive the car, and that happens at times. This is maybe more bad. Potentially, your problem is more bad that it's just outside its parameters and the check engine light's going to come on and stay on until you fix it. So, uh, from, a, from a mechanic standpoint, can they do something with that besides replace it? No. No. Not effectively. Okay. Not effectively All right. because you, a lot of times you can't even get to it to flush it out. It's not very – because the tubes and, and how they turn here and turn there. No. Yeah, no. an equinox, well, the, I mean, give or take the, the option I was looking at 
was putting it their uh, fluid in the gas gasoline. Yeah. No, because by the time it gets down there and gets through the combustion chamber, um, there's not really much of anything there that's going to flush it out and clean it. It's it's just not. That, no. What was the answer I wanted to hear? Yeah, I know it. The way we do it at the shop is uh, when it has that light on and we have checked everything else out to make sure that it's not something else that's causing a you know, catalytic converter efficiency problem because uh, an exhaust leak will cause that. And a va- fire, fuel trim. Correct. A, a vacuum leak will cause that upstream. So there's other things that will cause that uh, problem. So once we've determined that there's no other problem that's causing that, and it is the catalytic converter, we always generally replace them with a good quality uh, converter so you don't have it come back. Do, here's something else you don't buy the cheapest thing of. Because the, cheap, won't work. the cheapest catalytic converter is going to cause a check engine light to come back on. Gotcha. Okay. Appreciate your help. Thank you. You bet. Have a great day. Appreciate the call. All right. 558 is the numbers. I think we've got one more call we can get in. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> okay. We are back in the Mr. Mechanic Show. We're going to shoot straight over to Jim, and uh, Jim's got an 04 Lexus. Jim, what's going on today? Well, for a few years now, I've had a problem with the braking issue. When I come up to a stoplight, and I have to wait for a few minutes or a minute or so, the pedal will start, start creeping down slowly. So a couple of years ago, I replaced the master cylinder. I replaced all the fluid in it. And this summer, it started doing it again. And I'm wondering if it could be, again, the master cylinder. Is there another issue I should be looking at? Could be. you got to leak check the entire system. Is there any kind of small seepage, anything like that? Do your calipers move right? Start there and then work your way back up to the master cylinder is generally what I do. And if you look at that okay. master cylinder, you can pull it off the booster. Is the back of it leaking is a pretty telltale sign. Okay. Yeah. Not, All right. Not much to add there. I think Kyle hit it right on the head. It's uh, you, You'll have pedal fall away from all of those things that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. The last thing that you might be, and this is the last thing, would be maybe an ABS pump motor assembly that can cause that. And that will also, on Lexus, we've done a few of those, mm-hmm. more, more than a few of them. And uh, those, that's an expensive ordeal, but that's, that would be the, last, that'd be the last thing to look at after you've exhausted all and looked at everything else. So go with another master cylinder? I don't know if we're going to go with another master cylinder, but I think we're going to look at that. You got to make sure your okay. calipers are moving back and forth, like Kyle said, and uh, that it doesn't go. But it depends on how your Lexus is set up, and whether it has a power booster or whether it has a pump motor mm-hmm. for the ABS. It, it that old, I bet it's got a booster. Yeah, it probably still does have a booster because it's more of a Camry yeah. style. Yeah. 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 Okay. Well, do some searching then. And and, yep. and and here's one more thing. Um, that we don't use since we've commented on several times that's master cylinders we don't head for the cheapest thing either no because uh it's easy to get going with the accelerator pedal it's hard to stop and if you use a rebuilt cheap master cylinder uh you get to meet the guy in front of you sooner than you want so that's why we don't we always use new ones and we don't use any rebuilt ones okay all right all right jim appreciate the call 
Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, how many times in the past, and this is years ago, we're talking 20 years ago when the, they used to rebuild the heck out of everything that you put Everything a, was rebuilt. Everything was rebuilt. Everything you, had a core on it. Yep. You put a rebuilt master cylinder on, it'd be great. You did your job. You got it out. The next thing you know, you drive it around the block. Everything's great. You come back and pedal goes to the floor. There is nothing worse than going downhill <laughs> at a rate of speed and hitting that brake pedal <laughs> and nothing it not hitting you back. There. You're like, well, let's try the e-brake. Oh, that doesn't work. You and I are pretty seasoned yeah. over the years. Steer into that skid. <laughs> <laughs> or snowbank if it's nice and soft. You know, but oh, yes. God. Yes, and that's that. That's after you fixed it and you got the new parts on. Huh. You know, looking back, we've been in some sketchy cars. Yeah, you know, <laughs> we have been. We're here, still here on the radio to talk about it. So. Yeah. All right, 558-1110 is the numbers to get in next week. Get in early. I'm Bob. Kyle. We'll see you then. someone says you should use a product or service, you're skeptical, and you should be. That's why Meyer Auto Service won't ask you to take their word about their vehicle repair and maintenance, but they will ask you to trust their customers. Hi, my name is Vaughn. I'm a customer of Meyer's Automotive Services, and I'm here to tell you I've had a lot of mechanics in my lifetime, but Dwayne stands head and shoulders above the rest. Go see Dwayne and the boys, and they'll treat you right. Find out yourself. Meyer Auto Service, just north of L at 140th Street.